Welcome to the forecast. To my right, we have AP18. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everyone. And to my left, GW himself, Garrett. Garrett, how you doing? Doing swell. And this is the Wednesday Comics Forecast. We're here to tell you the book's coming out for July 18th, 2018. That is the uh, third uh, Wednesday in the month of July. Almost at the end here. Almost at week four. That's the last week there. But we're here to tell you the book's coming out. Uh, first from Image Comics, we got analog number three. This is Jerry four. Duggan and... Uh, oh, excuse me, four. Uh, Jerry Duggan and David O'Sullivan. Chapter four... Jake McGinnis just wants to get out of New York City alive with a briefcase bound for Tokyo. But his partner, Onya, needs a little help. She saved his life countless times. It's the least that he can do. To save her, Jack takes on spies, the NYPD, and some dopey white nationalists. Garrett, how's this book going? I see a little kid, a robot cat looking up at him on this uh, cover. Uh, is it good? Yeah, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's a good uh, futuristic story on where... Uh, transporting secrets is or material in a digital world when you're like trying to do it the old fashioned way. It's kind of, it, this almost could be called like the postman, like seriously. Um, but you know, Jack McGinnis, he's, he's like your, your everyday kind of action hero. And all he's trying to do is take care of his life and get his job done. He says he's like the postman. Is he ring? Is he knock twice? You mean? Dry well, County I number. I don't think he's knocking. I think I see him shooting guns. Dry County five of five. Rich Tommaso, uh, and also doing the art. Tommaso, that sounds about right. Here come the girls up the road. What they want to do, they can't do because it's a dry county. Alex is the last one. What do you think? The ending. How's it going to go? You know, it, it's the first issue is so good. Uh, issue two was okay. Three and four. Man. I'm glad to see, I'm actually glad to see it's ending. Hopefully this is a nice little wrap up. I'm glad it's not an ongoing book where it's going to overstay its welcome. So I'm, I'm actually kind of excited just to see how the book ends. If it leaves itself open, if it does leave itself open, I won't be getting the next part, but I'm just excited and welcoming to this final issue. I think it's strange though. The promise that this book had in the first issues, I think the reason why we loved it so much like it was starting off slow and we're like, Hey, it's eventually going to get to this kidnapping thing. And, and never actually like I dropped off. I didn't read four, like at three, I think I dropped off. And, um, just cause I was like, I don't think, and once again, I know there was only five, but three I'm done because I was like, uh, there's no use in me getting two more. Cause I know I don't like this anymore. Wait, it wasn't, did it, you, did you actually actually get issue three? Cause she gets kidnapped in issue three. Well, I got three. I didn't read it. I got first. I got the first oh, okay. three, but I read the first okay. two and like it was like, "What's this doing?" You know what I mean? And hearing yeah. you guys yeah. talk about this book past uh, past three and four is just like I think the term crime. I think it was very loose because there's hardly any crime stuff going on, except for obviously the girlfriend getting kidnapped. It's it wasn't what I was expecting it to be. He's not Batman. He's on books. There's so, been okay. like no crime except for that kidnapping. That's it. Uh, East to West, number 38. This is John and then Hickman with Nick Dragato on art. It's time to start playing, excuse me, start paying in blood. When you spent your entire life trying to arrange the fate of others, don't expect mercy when the bill comes due. Uh, that cover and, and synopsis sounds pretty good, Alex, but what are we expecting from East to West, number 38? You know, issue 37 may have been one of my favorite issues. Uh, one of my favorite I- characters the uh the cowboy with like the metal mustache the uh what's the right word the mercenary 
Uh, he's not dead. Comes back, kicks some ass. Uh, I'm, I know this book is in its third uh, act. I'm really hoping things start to come together. 37 is that nice start. So hopefully we're going to get into the Four Horsemen or we're going to get back into the death story. I need to see a little bit more action and a little less uh, mouth jabbering. Uh, Gideon Falls, number five. This is Jeff Lemire with Andrea Sorrentino. Mana spreads across Gideon Falls as Father Fred and Sheriff Miller race to stop a killer. Uh, Garrett, tell me what you think about this issue, but also don't spoil it because I, I was looking at some comics because I'm going on a trip here for a week and I uh, was bringing some comics and realized I didn't read the last issue, so I got to bring it along. So don't spoil it, but how's it going? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't read the last issue yet oh. either. Um, but every, but everything up to that, maybe Alice has caught up. Nope. But everything up to this point, uh, I've really enjoyed, and I think I I don't think there's going to be a bad issue in this run. It's too good a story. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't I heard good things about the last one, so I was like I'm not expecting it to dip in quality anytime soon. Ice Cream Man number five. This is uh, W Maxwell Prince and Martin Marzano. This is uh, by the that cover in itself might be a terrifying image, but Ballad of a Falling Man, the Feel Bad series of the year continues here, a story that lasts 100 stories. Um, just the concept of that idea, the story's going to be him falling, is uh, interesting enough for me to check this out. But Alex, what do you think Ice Cream Man? Uh, when you're right, falling off any skyscraper, uh, if the next out, I won't even get the book because it'll be too scary. Uh, I really enjoyed this this title. I think having it being an anthology, having all these different stories, so just that one thing, kind of keeping everything in tow with each other uh, is really exciting. So I'm super pumped to get this issue. I'm actually kind of hoping that it does give me a little scare, kind of like Gideon Falls is scary. Uh, some of these stories my screen man, Yeah, it's a good book, for sure. Magic Order number 206. I want to apologize also before we continue. Uh, we usually do this through my phone, and the phone has better connection. You guys keep cutting out, and I come back to silence and be like, oh, he must be done. <laughs> so that's what that was right there. Oh, okay, because I, th- I thought no one else is talking. What happened? I was, yeah. like, I was like, oh, what happened? Is Alex's son talking, or did I lose them? Oh, no, he's still there. And then Garrett says something, so that's what happened. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, five seconds is enough time. Magic Order number two of six, Mark Miller and uh, Olivia Coppel. Uh, the second issue of the Netflix's first series. Uh, that cover looks great because we got Coppel in the art. But, uh, Garrett, what do you think in this um, Magic Order book? You know, I really enjoyed issue one. I think I'm excited for issue two to kind of learn more about this world because I think we just got definitely a taste in the first book. Um, you know, I don't. Uh, it's kind of hard to say exactly like what to expect in this story. Cause like there's, they just basically lay down a bunch of seeds for this series in the first issue. So uh, I think this one will definitely tell us what the stride of the story is going to be like. I think if issue two can keep what issue one had where issue one was creepy. Um, I thought it had really good ideas and it's an interesting story idea. Hopefully it sticks with it. And I'm kind of hoping we don't lose that, that flair, because that's what got me really excited about issue one. And once again, get these in issues because they're not making a trade of it. So, um, and they're only doing one run of the issues I heard. So, Royal City number twelve. This is Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire, 
We all float on. Part two, Richie Pike is on the run from Royal City and from himself as he faces the demons of his past. Meanwhile, Patty and Pete reconcile in the most unexpected way. Jeff Lemire's multi-generational family saga continues and the Pike, excuse me, Pike family heads towards a reckoning 20 years in the making. Now, this is nearing the end. Uh, Alex, right? 14 issues we're going to? Correct. So it's nearing the end. Uh, if you've read Jeff Lemire's explanation of it, he said, hey, I could have gotten more, but and it, he expected to go more. But then at a certain point, he was like, no, this is the story. I'm here to tell any more of it. Be make this less than it's going to be. So he's ending at 14. What does that say to you, Alex, where we're at and where we're going? Is that enough for you, 14? In all honesty, if he can tell the story that he wants to tell in 14 issues, then it's plenty and plenty enough for me. But I'm also kind of weary. How do you end a book in 14 issues? When, in all honesty, I was expecting this to be a like a sweet tooth kind of run, maybe up to 40 issues of ideas and story he wanted to tell. So it just makes me curious to know how it's going to end. I know we're only, I know we're still three issues away, but in three issues, this book wraps up. And how, how do you end a book that's not a superhero thing? How do you end it in a, a way that's satisfactory and yet not overly simplistic? Skyward number four, Joe Henderson and Lee Garbert. My Logi Life Part Four. When someone close to Willa is kidnapped, she's forced to make an impossible choice. To make matters worse, there's a storm coming, and the weather in the low G is much more dangerous than it used to be. Uh, Garrett, would you call this the surprise of the year? I know you guys, you and Alex love this book, right? Yeah, the art is really great, and the story and concept of this universe is incredible. It's it's something like really fun and playful, but it also can get like dark and serious. But it's like, imagine a world where everyone could fly, basically. <laughs> Like that's that simple of an idea. I mean, this is a story that comes out of that. So uh, that's my thing is that this this book could be really complex because they could give you all these sciency details that no one really wants to know. But they're slowly building it into it. They're giving you the simple story, and then they can build onto that with the the more explanation that you might want. I was going to say this is one book that the way it looks and the way you guys talk about it makes me sad that I didn't jump on. But I am assuming this will be on Hoopla, and I can at least read it. When that trade comes out, and I'm gonna, I believe it should go five issues, right? For a trade, I'd assume so, but it's hard to gauge image. Weatherman it used to be five. Weatherman number two. This is uh, Jody Lahoop and Nathan Fox. The storm clouds and bounty hunters gather as Agent Cross takes a look at Martian weatherman and noodle aficionado Nathan Bright to task for his alleged role in murdering the Earth, but Nathan may be. The last hope of preventing a second attack, one that would wipe out humanity for good. Alex, you love that first issue, and you are the weatherman, so you are the expert in this opinion. How is it uh, weatherman number two? I wish you guys would have gotten issue one. I sincerely loved that book. It was lighthearted. It had its serious moment. It had a moment that I was so pissed that they did it that I, I – not that I ever thought about dropping this book, but I was just – I was pissed. Like John Wick best. Do you recommend this book enough that see I'm leaving early tomorrow morning. I don't got time to go to the comic shop, but I can't get it digitally. I got time to kill on this trip on the way there and on the way back. Do I pick this up and read it? Is it that good? How about this? If you buy issue one and you honestly don't like it, I'll give you the four bucks. I owe you money anyway. So All right. You heard it here first, everyone. Weatherman number two tomorrow. That's how much Alex uh guarantees it. If you don't like it, call him up and he'll give you your money back. 
No, not everyone else. Just you. Ether, just Marvin. Ether Copper Golems number three. This is Matt King with Dave and Ruben. Uh, this is what a side story, Garrett? For Ether? No, it's basically the, the sequel volume two. Oh, how's it going so far? Uh, it's going really well. I mean, the art is strong as ever. The story is interesting and compelling. And, um, you know, I def- you definitely need to read the first volume to understand this story. Um, but I think it's a nice treat if you have read that first volume. You'll enjoy the crap out of this because it literally takes place not very much longer after volume one. Um, David Rubin's art is, I mean, you guys got to see it in Black Hammer a little bit um, and uh, Sherlock Frankenstein. So, yeah, it's a fun ride and great creative team. Rise of Team T. This is IDW. Rise of Team and T number zero. Uh, Matthew Manning and Chad Thomas. A new age of mutant madness begins with the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The special zero issue is your very first look at the new adventures the guys will in green will be getting into this fall. Will the team and T be able to master their new weapons, or will the ma- weapons master them? Alex, this is a little different here. Um, looks like there's a new cartoon coming on Nickelodeon, so they're making a comic tie-in. Uh, they look different and the weapons are different. Is this something that interests you or are you going to pass on this? I uh, I want to get it because I love the turtles, but I also don't support this this choice change. Like Every turtle is a different species of turtle, which is fine. Uh, but you can see Raph doesn't have his his size. Looks like Leo is only going to carry one sword. Or, and if it is two swords, it's not katanas. Uh, Mikey looks like he still has his nunchucks and Donnie still has his bow staff, but I don't know if this is a book that I'm like, yes, sign me up because it's going to be great. Oh, really? It looked like Mikey I, had a mace. Who? Mikey? Doesn't he have a mace? Yeah, I'll look at the cover a little closer. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it from our regular screen. Yeah, Donnie. Yeah, well, it looks like a oh, mace I guess, kind of thing. Well, I guess you're right. It looks like a fiery mace and Donnie's got kind of a spear. Yeah, it's like a spear. And Even less of a... I just... I, I don't know. I don't think I can get myself convinced that I'm going to like this. One, Raph seems way too big compared to everybody else. This is going to be the your new Nickelodeon show, though, so... I know. And that's, I think, what makes me nervous is that I love that last Nickelodeon show. So then to have this, these aren't... I'm just going to say it now. Hashtag not my turtles. Because they they're not even anything that I know. Or they don't even look like siblings. Well, that's the thing. that They're not even the same species of turtles, where normally I think the turtles are meant to be like box turtles, so they're all at least related. These are all different species, which kind of... Is neat, but also kind of bugs me. Team into Universe number 24. This is Ryan Ferreira, Pablo Tencina. Michelangelo Mondo must make a difficult decision to save a friend's life and their own. So, this is more your speed, Alex, right? We got the Team and T Universe. This is also X. Like, if you're into Turtles, this is the book that flushes it out more. And this is what you're into? I uh, I really enjoyed that last issue. This, this book, I was a little nervous about being. Beating around the bush with the turtles, like all it is is Raph and Ma- or not Raph, uh, Michelangelo Mondo Gecko wanting to save Mutagen Man, and Mutagen Man just wants to die, but Mondo just can't let him go, and he goes and asks the turtles, well only Mikey was home, and so Mikey goes with him, and Mikey's kind of being the the voice of reason of you can't pull a Raph and beat the crap out of everybody, you can't kill these people, they have lives, they have families, and so we're gonna see this these two guys see what's going to happen now. I don't even know what the plan will be because I think it's a two-issue uh, arc. And that's the thing, one of the, the best things about this book is that it's not so big. 
they do kind of dial down onto specific parts. So I'm I'm super amped to get this. Uh, I I, just, I love getting all the turtle universes. Be like uh, Garrett getting a Daily Planet book. DC Comics Batman number fifty one. Tom King and Lee Weeks. The honeymoon's over for Bruce Wayne as Gotham City's most predominant citizen gets elected for jury duty in a chilling court case involving Mister Freeze. Freeze claims the charges should be dismissed, but Batman uses because. Because Batman used excessive force, cue the outrage of media circus. While doing his civic duty, Wayne forced to take a hard look at Dark Knight's method. And hey, what is Dick Grayson doing running around the city dressed as Batman? Now, this is the start of the next wave of Tom King's run. By the way, Lee Weeks on art is going to be amazing. I love Lee Weeks. Um, let me, this is going to hint towards that what Tom King's been saying, that Dick Grayson is going to take over as Batman for a second because Bruce is going to have to get his life in check. The guy, he lost the love of his life. He haven't read 50 by now, by the way, so I'm spoiling it, but and uh, now he's going to try to, he's basically going to be like, what's my life? What am I doing? And that's what we're going to go from here and see how that goes. So does that interest you at all, Garrett? By the way, this is going? Hell yeah. I forgot that Dick Grayson was going to be on the in the bat cowl again. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Like, and I think that uh, variant cover by Carrie Andrews is what his outfit's going to look like. So, maybe. But, I mean, he's going to have to still look like Batman, but just a little different. But So this cover, it might be not Bruce. might be Dick holding Mr. Freeze over the edge, which is awesome. I love when Dick Grayson is Batman. So I'm all in. See, I haven't, I haven't read enough Dick Grayson Batman to be excited. Oh, he's so. a great Batman. And plus, I wasn't a fan of 50, so this hopefully will be good. Uh, that original cover, I mean the uh, A cover, and that is Bruce because the case is about him using excessive force. So I've been in flashbacks. We'll see the case. Oh, and but that variant cover, I think you're correct. I believe that's Dick Grayson because he's sitting like Nightwing would sit. So and right. that might be his new costume with the the yellow around the black uh, bat symbol. So Brave and the Bold Batman and Wonder Woman number six. This is Liam Sharp with Liam Sharp. It's an epic battle for near. Nanang in this finale as King Athela has opened its causeway in both Jesus, a lot of things in here. I don't know how to say. Well, anyways, let's get this is, <laughs> who will be King Garrett? You've been into this book. Uh, actually, no, Alex, you said you actually got into this book too, right? I, I'm getting the book. I I think my thing is I wanted to like this book way more than I really have. I was expecting a little bit less um like I want the mythology, but I expect a little bit more Bruce and Wonder Woman doing stuff other than riding horseback around this world. Oh, look at that pretty rock. Oh, look at that troll eating that rock. So it, it's fine, but it's not the best thing I've ever read. But Gary, you enjoyed yeah, it, more, right? It, it kind of, it's been spinning out. Um, yeah, I thought the first three issues were good because there was like this pace where it wasn't too fast, it wasn't too slow. And now it's kind of turning into like a Frank Miller fest where just there's so many things going on that I'm kind of getting lost on what the actual story is. So I'm ready for it to end. I think it was a good idea, but the execution by the end just wasn't there. In Justice 2, number 30, this is Tom Taylor and Daniel Samprey. Uh, in Justice, where the, anything can happen in the DC universe. So if you want stakes, here it is. They have them as rare as you can get them. Injustice versus the Masters of the Universe, number one. This is Tim Seeley and Freddie Williams II, believing He-Man and the Masters of the Universe defeated a robotic imposter has seized control of Eternia, but not for long. After freeing his kingdom from this strong man's rule, Prince Adam 
We'll understand that everyone is pleased to see the pretender deposed, but Adam knows the price, the value of freedom. So when heroes from another dimension ask his aid in deposing a superhero turned dictator, he agrees, teaming up with Batman against the Superman of the Injustice universe. He, man, and his new allies face dangerous and familiar enemies in a battle where no one is safe. So uh, we get the world where anything can happen, and we add He-Man to that. Alex, are you going to take a dip into the Masters of the Universe? Oh, yeah. I had gotten the uh, the Masters of the Universe versus the Thundercats, and I actually really enjoyed that book. Um, I have cousins who grew up in the 80s watching Thundercats and He-Man, and I've got Garrett who loves the Injustice Universe, so let's bring those things together and watch some asses get kicked. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm a little nervous about uh, if all rules are out the window, how many of those matches of the universe characters are going to get obliterated? <laughs> It'll happen. Someone's going to die that you're going to be like, what? They're going to kill Battle Cat, I'm sure, and I will probably cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll go first before the DC people. So uh, you better watch out. Justice League number four. This is Scott Snyder and Jorge Jimenez. Um a little secret here. Actually, so um, before the show, I think it was like two weeks ago. Uh, no, no, it was last week. I asked the, uh, Garrett and uh, Alex, I go, did I have to just say that book's not coming out anymore? And they're like, nope, it's coming out. I guess I just got uh, missed at the store. I think it's been sold out and it hasn't been in my poll box. So uh, I'm behind. I only read the first issue of this thing. <laughs> uh, so how is this going? Is it so good? Should I go back and get these uh, three issues I'm missing or three with tomorrow's? I've read the first two, and I had to read the second one twice because I thought it was so boring. I thought yeah. it was so. So I don't I've think you're read, really missing out on anything, Marvin. Yeah, I read the third one, and like I think it's definitely worth it for the Jorge and his art, but he's not always going to be on each issue. And you can tell, like this is Scott Snyder's baby because it is it is so long winded. Like, there's still things I don't understand. I think he's trying to do it like Hickman, like, put all this stuff out there, and then he's going to try and make it make sense later. But the way he's doing it, I'm just kind of like, but do I care? So it's interesting. It's actually a compelling Justice League story, but there's so much complexity that it's, like, almost not fun to follow along. Now, knowing you, Marvin, you'll love this book, and we'll have just told you lies, but... I think this is a book you could probably skip out on. Wildstorm number 15. This is Warren Ellis and John Davis Hunt. Um, Mark Slayton took his show on the road as the thing inside him has called a carer, told him to. He called, excuse me, something he called a carer, told him to. But whom is he hunting and for what purpose? John Lynch is crisscrossing America to warn the other Thunderbook test subjects that IO might have discovered them, but I, oh, might not know who the only threats to their lives may not be. Excuse me. The uneasy peace between IO and Skywatch have become a cold war, and there's plans for a hot war. Alex, what do you think? Wildstorm number 15. We are uh, closing up on that 14 to the uh, conclusion here. I, uh, I've, I'm behind on that one issue. I've really enjoyed this book. I think that Davis Hunt art is spectacular. Honestly, probably one of my favorite artists right now because he's always consistent. And it always looks good. Um, that was a weird way to say always. Anyway, I uh, I don't know what to expect from this book anymore because it's kind of a no-holds-barred. They just kind of do their own thing. I know it takes place to an extent in the DC world, but they're also in their own – it's an Elseworld book. So I just – I don't know what to expect. I don't know what I'm anticipating. 
But I know that when I turn that page and I get to see that art, and there are sometimes some of the best fighting sequences in this book, that I'm excited and amped to read it. Uh, that is DC Comics. Moving on to Marvel Comics. The Avengers, number five. This is Jason Aaron and Paco Mendina. Ed McGinnis also helping out. Uh, or maybe they'll on. Behold, the wildest, most awe-inspiring team of Avengers ever assembled. But will there be enough to defeat the combined powers of Loki and the final host of Dark Celestials? And what is the startling secret of the progenerator? Um, Garrett, what do you think? Avengers, number five. Uh, I think it's been all right so far. Um, I'm not a big fan of Loki being the villain. I think that's done too much. So, uh, I mean, he's not the only villain. But I do like the team. I think the team is a fun combination of characters. Um, except for, like, when one broods. Like, I'd say, if like, when Ghost Rider's brooding, he's like, should I even be on this team? And it's like, okay, no one wants to see this. Like, work as a team or don't be a team. Like, that's it's that simple. You guys have been in the Marvel Universe for how many years now? get your shit together. So um, I think the art's good. I do like Ed McGinnis art. And I know Jason Aaron's trying to tell a story about ancient times. It's going to tie into the main story. So that is cool to see those flashbacks of the old Avengers. I'm getting, I'm getting on the way of wanting to drop this book. Cause I, I like, like you said, I like the team, but I just don't know if I care about the story anymore. Cause they're just, I don't know. They're dragging it out to me, and Loki is not, a, like you said, Loki's not a good choice. He's done way too often, and even when he pretends to be a bad guy, or pretends to be a good guy, he's always a dick bag regardless, and being a dick bag doesn't make you good or bad. So I just, I'm, I'm tired of seeing him die. Let him be dead. Immortal Hulk number three, L. Ewing, Joy, Joe Bennett. Uh, what happened to the church of Mercer Avenue? What made the Lambert boy do what he did? Who is the one below all? Reporter Jackie McGee has four eyewitnesses with four different viewpoints telling four different stories. But they all saw Bruce Banner and the Immortal Hulk. Uh, I haven't caught up with two of them. Actually, it's right here. It's right here in front of me. And it's probably going to be the next book I read. Uh, Alex, how is Immortal Hulk going? Issue one was really great. Uh, Issue two is on a stack on my table. And it hasn't been opened. So I don't know. I haven't read it either, but I think what I'm starting to see from the solicits of the last couple, it's kind of like they're one shots. They're like these horror one shots that have like, they're not really connecting story. Obviously there's a a story where Bruce is trying to figure out like why he's so afraid of being the Hulk again and whatnot. But I think I do like, it's kind of like ice cream man. It's almost like an anthology where each issue there's going to be something huge involving the Hulk, but like, you don't necessarily have to read anything else up to that point. You mean it's like Monster of the Week, except he's the monster? Right, exactly. Uh, the Life of Captain America, number one. This is Margaret Soul. Excuse me, Stoll. And Carlos Panchito. Captain Marvel. Right, said Captain America. Oh, Life of Captain Marvel, excuse me. The definitive origin of Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, was just a girl from the Boston suburbs who loved science and the Red Sox until a chance encounter with a Kree hero gave her incredible superpowers now that she's the leader in the Avengers and the commander of Alpha Flight. But what if there was more to the story? What crippling anxiety attacks put her on the sidelines in the middle of a fight? Carol finds herself relieving memories of a life she thought was far behind her. You can't outrun where you're from, and sometimes you have to go home again. Uh, 
I think they so Marvel's gonna this is gonna be the definitive origin. They're gonna go back and kind of retcon some th- stuff. And uh, for Captain Marvel, who's gonna get her own movie here pretty soon, it may, it makes sense. Her origin is very, uh, I'll say, controversial. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that are that like if if they Marvel the movies, they would never do it. And there's no reason for them to do it. They shouldn't. And if anybody that watched the movies was like, hey, let me go back and read their origin. If they read it, they would be like, what the hell is this? Uh, there's a lot of stuff. It was a different time back then. It wasn't doesn't mean that it was right, but it was a different time back then. So I, I, mean, I actually do enjoy that now Margaret's going to go back and kind of redo some things. And hopefully it's a better story. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh Oh, let's see what's next here. Nothing really. Oh, here we go. Garrett, Star Wars, Darth Vader, Annual Number One. Chuck Wendig and Leonard Kirk on art. Darth Vader intends for the Empire to hold no secrets for him or from him, which means it's time to dig into the pet project of Gunnifer Wilhuff, Tarkin, and Orson Kendrick. How do you say that? Kendrick? The Krennic. The massive battle station being built on uh, Genosis, opportunity arises when the project is hindered by the sabotage from an unknown forces. The Emperor calls on his dark enforcer to root out the source of treachery that threatens to destabilize the Empire's galactic ascent. Uh, you looking forward to this? It's not It's not the same writers and artists as usual, but it's uh, annual. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be good. It'll be a complete story, so... Um I'm I sh- I'm excited that they're think it counts towards being part of the series. So, you know, I think the one thing I, you can already tell he's going to have flashbacks to when he was on Genosis with Padme, because obviously that's the whole reason they picked that planet for the story. So I'm definitely going to check it out, but I have no idea what to expect. Thor number three. This is Jason Aaron and Michael DeMundo. Uh, this is a book that I don't know if I I think I maybe I, I might have dropped this. No, I am. I had to have got. I mean, it was my one of my top five, uh, and I was going to give it a chance. Yeah. I, I really hated that first issue, though. I really, I really did not like it at all. And in my head, it was enough for me to be like, "This could be dropped at any time." But I don't. I've been looking for two. And I can't find. It. I either didn't buy it, or I have it somewhere here. I'm not sure. But Alex, how was number two? Uh, number two is okay. It's one of those. You know what? I think Del Mundo art was not the right choice for this book. You, we've had. Um, oh, what was his name? Is it Dowderman who did the other arcs, the other books? Um, yeah, Rod- Russell Dowderman. Dowderman. Yep. Okay, his art was so good for Thor. I really loved it. This Del Mundo is it's fine. It's got its kind of flair and it's colored fairly decently, but it's he's not the artist for this book for me. I'm I'm on the verge of dropping this because I'm not enjoying it like I should be. So it's fine but I don't think it's my style. Tony Stark, Iron Man, number two. This is Dan Slott and Valero Shitty. Um, Garrett, you read the first issue. Was it enough for you to keep on this, or how's this book going? Uh, I actually didn't get the first issue. Oh, did you uh, page through it? Did it look like it was up to what you wanted to read? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely uh, definitely a marketing grab, because that cover, if that art was inside the book, I'd be in there, hell yeah. But I didn't. Re- I mean, Sheedy's art looks a lot different than uh, I remember it looking, and it's not as great as I remember it once being. So um, that cover artist, though, if if he was doing the art, I'd give it a chance. But I could tell that 
Dan Slott's trying to make Tony like the movie version, and he's trying to make him like very quippy, like Peter Parker, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, I'm looking at the preview right now, and there's already a bunch of jokes happening and stuff, and I'm like, okay, like I get it that Tony's a funny guy, but this book isn't a comedy. It's still, it's like a serious situation's happening, but Tony just like makes jokes about it. So that's kind of annoying to me. So I'm definitely, uh, no, don't need to read it. X-Men Red number six, Tom Taylor, Carmen Nunez Carnino. Uh, from deep beneath the ocean, Jean Grey's X-Men watches as waves of anti-mutant hatred wash over the world. Can the X-Men coil the tide or will they be swept away in its wake? Uh, Garrett, how's this book X-Men Red? I really like it. I think this is one that hasn't been tied into any event or anything like that. So I do like the team for what it is, especially that the all-new Wolverine book's over. I know X-23 just started, but I haven't read that issue yet. Uh, So I still get all-new Wolverine. I get Honey Badger. um, You get some classic X-Men. We get Namor. uh, Jean Grey's killing it, I think, as the team leader. So I really like this book, and I just I'm just hoping that it doesn't get you know put into a crossover event or anything like that. Just stay its own thing, and I'll keep getting it. If it does cross over into some big event, then I'm out. Uh, which one should I get? Should I get X Men Red or should I get Astonishing X Men, Alex? Uh, I don't get Red anymore, but I I enjoyed Astonishing X Men. I think with uh, oh crap, what's his name? Garrett, who writes? I don't know. Oh, Matthew Rosenberg. Yeah, he's writing the Astonishing X Men now. It was that first issue was really good. It's got Beast. It's got characters that you don't see all the time, like Dazzler. Uh, I believe Klaus is going to show up in it. It's I enjoyed it a lot. Havoc is I think the boss of it, so it should be it should be interesting. They took off from that issue twelve, which kind of wrapped up its own little story with Charles Soule, which was fine. They brought back a specific character, and he's not even in this book, so. I am. I have this relationship with the X Men where I'm almost like I should read an X Men book, and then I pick one up and I start for like four issues, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm done. So like, and the thing is, is that it always starts off like like Garrett said, it starts off good, and it eventually gets roped into you have to get this X Men book and this one, and like it's tied into a bunch of things. So I am looking for and like Alex, that twelve issues of Astonishing was its own thing, right? That we never tied into anything else. Correct. So, I mean, that has a better track record right now, but I'll look at the teams and see what I want to do. I do really do want to get X-Men book, though. Like, those movies are one of my favorite movies, and, like, I ha- I do love whenever they show up in anything else. And I go back and dabble on when people said, oh, this is a good run. When Jason Aaron did Wolverine and the X-Men, I read that, and that was great. And so, uh, but I want to get one ongoing. So, we'll see. Uh, Boom Studios, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 29. This is Kyle Higgins, Ryan Ferreira, Danielle Dini Cunido, uh, Packen. The Power, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power excuse me, that was way fast, and their allies prepare their final counterattack against Draken as the new ally makes it through their world and Zordon makes a last-ditch last call for help. Uh, Garrett, is this almost the end of Shattered Grid? How long has this been going on? Yeah, it's supposed to end here in August, so it's very close to the end. Yeah, how's it um, going? I really like it. I think it's it's one of the best ways to get you know, all different iterations of the Power Rangers. Um, and there's going to be a huge finale issue coming out. I'm sure it's going to be $7.99 here at the end of August. Uh, but I think it'll be worth it. Um, yeah, it's fun seeing Power Rangers from different generations interact with one another. Like, that's something that's like fan fiction almost, and you're getting it presented to you. So 
very much like it. You know, me and Axel always say not as strong as Yogo Power Rangers, but that's, I don't think that's what this book is trying to do. It's trying to be the more big picture story, whereas Gogo is a character study. The uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour, number one, this is Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. MJ Erickson, writing team Ben and Ben, Acker and Blacker, Deadpool and Death Be Damned, return to the Thrilling Adventure Hour in the new series based on the widely popular Hollywood stage show and podcast. Frank and Sadie Doyle are the toast of the upper crust, high headliners on the society pages, and they see ghosts. Followed the Doyles on a night when having a drink or ten with friends goes horribly and perhaps predictably wrong at a haunted house. Uh, so this is number one. If you want to get this, uh, it's based on a podcast, uh, which you're listening to one right now. So you might enjoy this also. This nice little crossover. So go and pick that up if you want to. Anything else on the upside down here? Oh, wait, here's one. Archie meets Batman 66. Number one. This is Jeff Parker, Michael Morsina, Dan Parent, Jay, excuse me. Uh, yeah, Jay Bone. Um, the iconic comic book character meets up for the first time in the historic crossover miniseries. A battle in Gotham City extends its reach into Riverdale. We're with Mr. Lodge becoming enemy number one of the dynamic duo. Now it's up to Veronica to recruit some help and place a call to the Batcave. Uh, if you enjoyed Batman 66, Jeff Parker was writing that, so this will continue that. If you like Archie, uh, there you go. Crossover. Um, anything else down here, Garrett, you saw? Alex? Nope. Well, those uh, are the books for July 18, 2018. Alex, what do you think? What looks like your pick this week? I know this will be no surprise, being I am the weatherman, but weatherman number two is my most anticipated for the week. I loved issue one, and I'm excited to see what issue two has got in store for me. Garrett? I'm saying Immortal Hulk number three. Um, you know, I just think that those are fun. It's a fun story, and it's told in a way that I'm being surprised by every time. I am going to go Batman number 51. Lee Weeks is one of my favorite arts, especially his work on Batman in the past. Some uh, He did an arc and also he did that miniseries or that one-shot Looney Tunes uh, Elmer Fudd in Batman. Uh, excellent stuff. So, And also the idea of the story, it almost sounds like 12 Angry Men about going through a court case and you know, seeing uh, Batman's going to see from a different perspective what he does out there and see if it really is necessary. And I mean, once what Garrett said, we get Dick Grayson back in the Batman mask. And uh, that's enough for me to uh, pick up this book. So that's what I'm doing. And Alex, you know, so today I want to tell you what today, the weather, I, I didn't go to you and I apologize up front. I went to somebody else on my phone. I looked up the weather and it said, say it was going to be nice today. I said, Hey, let me go cut my grass. I walk outside. Guess what? It's raining. And uh, is that going to happen again tomorrow? You know, the one thing about today was uh, it started off a little warm. And then this evening was nice and cool. And like you said, a little rain hit the ground. Uh, we live in a place where I can't even tell you what to expect anymore. I look into the sky. And I let the sky tell me what it's going to do, what it's feeling, how it wants to be. So you know what? I'll ask you tomorrow and I'll let you know. Uh, Garrett, meanwhile, uh, I've been seeing a lot of these roads looking nice and slick, and uh, not slick, uh, nice and paved. Uh, and I attribute that. I, every time I pass by a pothole that is filled, I say, thank you, Garrett. And uh, I just want you to know that I'm thanking you out there. So how do they look like for uh, this Wednesday? You know, I think this is a better quality week than last week. So I think we're going to get some, you know, we got 
the issue after the Batman wedding or lack thereof. Uh, we have, um, you know, we have another issue of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. We got, I mean, there's a lot of image books coming out, a lot of good DC books and a lot of good Marvel books. So I definitely think you need to get to your shop early and on time. Just fly right over those potholes because they're never going to be filled. So. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hear Domino's is filling in those potholes, so they're doing a better job than you, Garrett. Even though you're in charge with their with their pizza. No, they got a little program. You uh, tell them where a pothole is, they fill it up, and they put the little logo oh. on it. So really? uh, I'm gonna. I, there is talks, as long as they pay for that. There is talks right now, and I just wanted to let you know on air that way it's live. We can get your live reaction. There is talks of replacing you with a Domino's box, and I think we'll get the same quality. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, buddy! The <laughs> girl. Hey, Cross can't touch this. Uh, hey, you know who couldn't touch this? His name is MC Hammer, but I mean, my name is Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone. Keep reading those books. <laughs> <laughs>